And me, Will. And then your other now semi-regular, Kristen. She's back again. Hello. She's back again because we're here to talk about men. Oh, Paul's. Menopause. They, they got real confused there. They're mm -hmm. like, ooh, Kristen's going to be talking about men. To talk about men. Actually, that now that's going to be the next high high demand podcast topic. I would, yeah. I would love to talk about. So men. yeah, after our <laughs> podcast on. Uh, why are you the way that you are, men? I mean, <laughs> that's the whole thing. We <laughs> just kind of talked about it before we came on air. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if people would want to. We don't need to go into that. Mm. Not this time. We start arguing why we're wired the way we are. Mm -hmm. It's not going to matter. Nah. Even though it is. <laughs> Nobody wants the truth. Um. So menopause. So after we talked about other girl things, women things, Periods. a lot of people requested menopause. So. The main thing is, you know, obviously a lot of women, you know it's coming as you age, um, but to realize that you have control over your, always have control over your mindset, your lifestyle, and your environment, and those have a huge effect on some of the things you experience in menopause, but also before menopause and after menopause. So, um, you know, some of these hormonal things that we just go through that are a natural part of aging, setting yourself up with the right mindset and expectations is going to be a good first step. And then the good second step is always focusing on those things you can control. Mm -hmm. So with that said, we are going to dive into like what is menopause and kind of what to expect. What happens. Um, and yeah, then we'll break down some of the different symptoms people experience, maybe some ways you can manipulate or improve those symptoms um, and kind of leave you with five or six strategies, you know, that are actionable. So, Kristen, you want to um, Take dive into menopause? Yes, yes. Um, well, um, I guess you could categorize menopause in um, three uh, phases. Um, there's perimenopause, which is the transition um, between your regular menstrual cycle and menopause. Um, during this time, your periods are irregular, less predictable, but they're still happening, and you still have your hormones, they're just fluctuating. Um, so you might notice that your periods are longer or shorter, heavier or lighter, um, like I said, just less predictable. And if you listen to our, our, our menstrual podcast, we talked about tracking, and this is a way that you could probably um, predict or be aware that you might be entering this transitional phase of your life um, if you've been tracking and you kind of know what your regular cycle could be. Um, unfortunately, this can last several years and it starts... Like two years? <laughs> ten like, years? Ten, yeah, two to ten years. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like I, I even, even asked know. some. Mem I couldn't. I feel Spelt like it's it. hard to find a good answer. Um, I asked some members, and it was almost like, and even my mom and and your mom, Gary, like, I don't know how long. Like, I don't know. It almost kind of like it. I don't think it comes and goes as like I don't know as easily as these people like said. it starts and then stops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So it usually starts like average age of perimenopause is thirty nine to fifty one, um, and like I said, it can last for several years. Um, symptoms. Starting then are like the hot flashes, joint pain, headaches, um, cognitive decline, depression. Um, so after this time of transition and irregular periods, you'll enter menopause one uh, – let, let me get it right. It's after one year of not having a bleed week. So you – That's kind of what they say is like the official – Official, you've entered menopause. Yeah, yeah. and like So basically one year without – A bleed. A bleed. Yeah, so if you bled in 2020 in August – 
and um, you don't have a period in August 21, then you've you've done it, ladies. You're here. You're here. Um, and it's like bliss, right? I don't know, because there seems to be a lot of um, symptoms that people talk about. Um, so menopause is the natural ending of your menstrual cycle. Your ovaries stop producing estrogen, um, ovulation stops and resulting in no more progesterone production. Um, so you're not at risk of having babies anymore. If that is maybe a goal of your, if you've been practicing natural safe sex, now you don't have to worry about all the natural things you did, like either pulling out or whatever you've done before in the past. Now you can just have nice, beautiful sex without worrying about the risk of having to take care of more children. Mm. Um, that sounds really, that sounds really nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> and then also the not <laughs> even having to like deal with being on your period and like bringing all these things you have to do in order to support that week of your life. Um, and like this happens around age 52, 52. Yeah, so it's kind so, of like just like why it's happening and what's happening. Um, and along with like this like imbalance or um, this hormone drop. So what's happening is you have all the like your hormones fluctuating throughout your life. Um, and you kind of have three transition, <clears throat> excuse me, phases in your life of these like natural hormone fluctuations. So puberty, both men and women have that. Like lots of hormones classic. are happening. Yeah. Um, if you have a baby, um, during, like during pregnancy, um, your uterus is producing all these hormones and you feel like good and bad sometimes, but then after you deliver your baby and your placenta, it starts, it plummets down. So then there's baby blues and then it could lead into some postpartum depression. So then the next transition that you have or, um, big change in your hormones or fluctuations is menopause. And again, um, you no longer have, um, that support anymore of your hormones from your um, sex organs. The, the estrogen is produced somewhere else now. Yeah. And then there's also two other situations that could happen, right, which are premature menopause, mm -hmm. you know, which is rare, but it's where menopause occurs before the age of 40. Yeah. Um, so, so you do not have a menstrual cycle. You're not bleeding anymore. Um, and typically... Uh, there's going to be some kind of like rare thing that, that causes that, you know, so it could be genetic inheritance. Um, other things like smoking could, mm -hmm. could also cause that, um, trauma from brain damage or, you know, injury you had. So yeah, typically if, if it happens before you're 40, um, well, it can happen. So you, you don't have to be like, this can't happen because right. it can. I mean, it can. I mean, cause they're, um, they don't know like when it could happen naturally or if it's onset by something else too. And then there's also artificial menopause, which is when menopause occurs when ovaries are removed or damaged um, because of the sudden drop in hormones from this. The symptoms begin so, abruptly. Um, it just forces it to happen basically. Yeah. Yeah, so, so either having a full hysterectomy or hysterectomy. Right, so typically that, yeah. artificial menopause, I'm sure if you're doing anything that occur, you know, has your ovaries been removed? You are warned of those symptoms. Mm -hmm. So you, that one you will know when yeah. that's happening. Right. And yeah. you might be aware <laughs> because it's a sudden like drop and like where, when it happens naturally, it's, it's gradual yeah. or, and then if you are aware of it, you can maybe, um, help support some of those symptoms that you're having, mm -hmm. which could be extreme and different for each, um, woman. So as we've established, obviously, Menopause is 
changes in your hormones, right, which are very real and affect your body in different ways. But it's also important to remember things like what we eat, exercise also affects our hormones. So all through our life, almost everything we do, even our, our thoughts, you know, in that kind of process also affects our hormones. So it's not like, like Kristen said, like there's just this uh, line in the sand when you hit a certain age and you cross this and there's just, oh, my hormones are completely changing because of this. Um, the reality is our hormones are always kind of ebb and flowing and changing based on stuff, a lot of things that we control. So um, if you do what you can to um, help yourself along with all that and you kind of have good habits going into it um, or develop them as you start to, you know, develop menopause, right. um, you can have some positive effects on things. Yeah. So like perimenopause, if you know that you're in it or you kind of experience some of the symptoms that I think that we're going to get to, um, you can support it, um, by kind of changing some lifestyle habits. Um, so if we want to talk about some of those, um, symptoms. Yeah, let's go through the symptoms. Cause I think, um, you know, obviously we can, you can get real sciencey with the hormone stuff, but most people, they experience symptoms. That's their. That's what they. Yeah, notice, that's the right? cue. That's their yeah. real. The real world thing is like I can't sleep. I get really hot. Um, so we'll we'll go through those and kind of, um, yeah, how, how people can address it or even really just what to expect. Um, so you have an expectation. Yeah, yeah, and some, some that's real. Some considerations of what maybe you could do to help get through this time. So one of the first most common symptoms is bladder. So bladder changes, got to go pee-pee. Yeah, so, I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, the, the 12, this is how you know I'm, men are way different. Like maybe I've never hit puberty and I still act like a 12-year-old. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of women will notice that um, you have trouble you know, holding, holding yourself together there. Well, like, so just the aging process, like everything's going to deteriorate and your pelvic floor is one thing that's going to deteriorate. I mean, especially if you've had multiple births or even given birth, like that is, mm -hmm. I guess for lack of a word, damage to that area, mm -hmm. but you can help this by having a good breathing regimen and building core stability. Um, all those things are important. Um, proper, um, like, support after having babies to um, regain that strength in your pelvic floor will help support that later. And it's not really, even if you are in your 50s and you've noticed some incontinence or um, just some changes in um, your pelvic floor, whether it's painful sex, um, dryness and stuff, like um, the breathing would help with the pelvic floor is strengthening, but then healthy diet will help mm -hmm. support um, all the other things that you could be experiencing there yeah. too. So you know, it's kind of understanding that the decreased estrogen from menopause can cause um, a reduced ability to control our urinary tract, right? But at the same time, like Kristen said, well, if you're, you know, exercise and focus on breathing techniques, you can strengthen and improve your pelvic muscles, which then can help you control it, right? So it's like you can counterbalance these things. Um, what a lot of people happens is as we age, we just accept a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, we aren't as active and these things happen. So we're just like, this is just part of aging. Whereas in reality, um, you know, getting weaker and not being able to control certain muscles, you can like defend against that over mm -hmm. the years. Right, right. So another common one is body composition. 
right? So due to changing hormones, our body starts to change in shape. So this is a super complicated one. We probably talked about it for like an hour before this. Yeah. Um, but and one thing, which we didn't get to talk a ton about, but what does happen is, uh, so for the in the most general sense, ultimately, to if we are gaining fat, it, we're consuming way more calories than we need. And to lose fat, um, we consume less than we need. But our hormones affect a lot, a lot of this, right? Of basically, well, how much calories do we need, right? Mm-hmm. That's... They kind of up and down regularly. The tricky you. part, right? So that's one part of this equation is those shifts. The other is that people may notice, and you hear this a lot, when oh, my body just wasn't what it used to be, right? So as our hormones change, it can change where and how we deposit fat, right? So maybe when you're younger, you're like, you have a tiny waist and the fat is in your butt and thighs and um, that's... And if anything, that's where you want it, right? Like that's definitely a healthy. According to Instagram, that's where you want it. That's where I did my research. But then, as you change, you're like, man, I just got. You know, it seems like I get uh, body fat in my stomach more, and my shape is gone. So, yeah, that's the effect of some of these hormones, right? Um, Yeah, like after um, pre-menopause, a lot of women carry their weight lower, so hips, mm -hmm. thighs, um, and butt, and then. After menopause, postmenopause, the weight distribution is different, and now it is it carries higher, and which leads to a higher risk of cardiovascular health um, yep. because of where the fat is now. Where yep. before women didn't have that risk younger, unless you are mm-hmm. already maybe in an unhealthy, like your body is already unhealthy and higher risk of that. But um, yeah, and then if it, you because I guess men have a higher risk just because of where they carry their body fat. Yeah, typically women, in the stomach like and stuff. Different yeah. women as like just younger yeah. than. So, so so I mean, a little off topic, but yeah, it's like men have a higher risk of a lot of these things because men technically also should have less body fat than women. Um, you know, because women, we don't have children. We don't have to have children, right? So, you know, men being over more. Uh, Having a higher body fat percentage is a lot more dangerous for them uh, in general. So, yes. But, um, so with the body composition, so yeah, these, these changes are going to happen, right? Now, here's the other thing. When you pair it with, well, as we age, we do less exercise. We lose Maybe muscle. Maybe our, our life changes and gets a little more convenient to where we're able to afford more delicious food. And we stock our house with it. And we're, you know, lounging and snacking more. So now you're just eating more and gaining body fat and then your hormones have shifted and to where you're gaining it in your stomach and you're just like, this is, this is not fun. Right. So uh, ultimately you can control your nutrition and exercise to help combat gaining extra body fat. Um, so that, yeah, you're not seeing this fat accumulate on your stomach. Um, yeah. Cause that, that hormone shift is going to happen. Like, yeah, it has to, but what can we do to like lessen it the most to where it's not super extreme? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the the big takeaway. And make it easier in this time where like there's no stopping menopause. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and you can make it easier on yourself if you can learn some healthy habits like before like you hit that stage in your mm-hmm. life. So even like women that are in their 20s and 30s, like it's not a bad idea to. I mean, this I'm just a planner. So after I've read all this stuff, because I didn't know a lot about menopause before um, being asked to do this, um, it's like oh, I I do need to change some things if I want to feel good later when I don't have the support of more hormones. Yeah. And 
just because this is something we always harp on as a base habit for everyone, and we can't stress enough. And as you go into the future, this is like the biggest difference that they're finding that's important for as we age is going to come back down to muscle and lean mass, right? You know, before 15, 20 years ago, muscle was just seen as like this bodybuilder thing, meathead thing, something to flex, right? Was it necessary? But now as we see what's happening to the elderly population, you know, people fall and break a hip and die and they're basically getting scarsopenia, which is we lose a bunch of muscle as we age and it causes a lot of problems. Yeah. So, and our bone density goes down too as we age. Yeah, and yeah. there's another risk of yeah. after menopause or during menopause, you're, I mean, you have a high risk of osteoporosis. So resistance training is super important. Um, even if you haven't done it before, yeah. you know, there's no, it's not too late to start. It's not it's too late. Never and you don't late. have to do the heaviest weight. I yeah. mean, you any just, resistance training yeah. or even like even walking, if you're not doing anything like walking mm -hmm. would also absolutely be like helpful and you have to carry your own weight around. So that yeah. could be also resistance new to your type mm -hmm. of lifestyle if you haven't been doing anything in the past. Yep. So a big effect of body composition is if you have less lean, lean mass, that'll, you're going to have more body fat, a higher body fat percentage from just having less lean mass, right? And then what happens is people actually have less lean mass over time and they're gaining body fat, so it's like double whammy. Mm -hmm. And again, lean mass is muscle, bone, and connective tissue. If you're so when we say you're losing lean mass, it's not just muscle. It's bone density, connective tissue, like nothing good comes from this. So by doing some resistance training, you know, moving your body, walking, yeah. that helps battle body composition. And then another big factor is making sure you're eating a sufficient amount of protein because protein is what supports and grows and repairs and builds the, the lean mass and lean tissue. And as we age, we know our stomach acid and digestive system gets worse. This is part of aging. Mm -hmm. We actually need more. We need to ingest more protein to be able to, you know, process it and get it to put it to use. To get enough out of it. Um, when in the, Ironic thing is, in reality, people end up eating less protein as they age because um, you just typically have more fun food and stuff. And so. I wonder, like, I also wonder, like, like appetite, like, does that change? Or, like, if you're going to be more tired in this time of your life, like, I mean, like we talked about before we got on, like, just eating whole foods takes a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're and right. It's, it's hard to eat chicken breast or, you know, um, or just meat. It takes more like chewing mm -hmm. and things. So and it's not as fun. It's not yeah. as fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, the reality of it is like we talked about before, our brains are still wired for an environment of like, you may not know when you get food again. Yeah. So we're always going to be wired to seek out the most calorie dense things. Mm -hmm. And that's a chicken breast. You can lay down a pound of chicken breast, which is only going to be like 400 calories and it's a lot of food, and then you can have a slice of cake that's 600 calories, and it's a lot less food, and you're not wrong or bad because you want that slice of cake. That's literally how we're wired to like survive. You know it's going gonna, it's gonna to do the trick right now because yeah. you need it now. Yep. So then when we're uh, presented with both options... Everyone's like, that cake tastes way better. Yeah. Well, we're wired for that cake to taste better because it's more cal it's more calorie dense. But the reality is most of us are still going to be eating in about five more hours. And you're not going to even have to go one day without food. So our new environment is not supported by kind of how we're wired. Right. Um, so that's, you know, yeah, the chicken breast, 
isn't going to be fun. So that's where you have to develop the habits. And the great thing is, well, when you choose that food more often, and then all of a sudden, well, you're sleeping better, you have more lean body mass, so you have less aches and pains, you like the way you look a little better and feel, you have more confidence. Mm -hmm. Then you start relating, well, eating the lean protein gives me all these things. And then all of a sudden, it's easier and more fun to eat because you can attach it to these positive things. Right, yeah. And then, like, having that, like, I mean, you already touched on some of the symptoms that people have, like, uh, like depression or not sleeping well. Like, these are also other symptoms that a woman could experience during this time of their life. So, like, having that healthy nutrition will support most of these symptoms, too, um, to make you feel better. So learning mm-hmm. how to do it earlier instead of trying to figure it out, which is also so yeah. okay. It's not too late in post. It's just, or, harder. It's just harder during it. Harder, it you yeah. have more change going on. Mm-hmm. And then some other symptoms are like brain function, like brain fog. People yeah. talk about noticing brain fog. Um, so s- again, quality nutrition is going to be one that's really for everything. Yeah. Um, stress management, sleeping better yeah. to exist as a person, managing stress, be regular exercise, um, exercise boosts brain function because it helps increase blood flow, you know, so getting blood flow, certain chemicals to your brain is going to help you feel more alert, um, and getting enough sleep. Another is digestion and bowel function. Uh, you know, that's self-explanatory. If you're having those issues that a lot of people notice, same thing, quality, quality nutrition. nutrition. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, beef, uh, the, the one way the estrogen gets out of your body is through your bowel movements. Interesting. And um, it's the only way. Really? It, it's, um, and if you're not able to, and it might not play a big part in menopause, but learning how to relax and go to the bathroom when you have to um, is important to learn. Like, I feel like I'm trying to teach my daughter that now, like, because if you have an unhealthy digestive system, you can't get the estrogen out. And then you could be estrogen dominance, which also is a lot of these side effects that you would experience in menopause. Um, So it's just interesting or confusing or frustrating that it's like all you have to do is take care of yourself which is the hardest thing it's so simple to do it's so, so simple difficult. but how do you, like how do you get it across how do you do it consistently on top of supporting a family taking care of like a billion other things and um having and, that and expectation yourself. going into it i mean i feel like sometimes i pri- like i know i prioritize things out of order like work over sleep um which is frustrating and i know that i'll probably need more sleep so i know one thing that i've taken away from all this is like learning to have better sleep hygiene um because yeah. I don't have it now, and it sounds like it's not going to get easier as I get older with hot flashes and just oh, having yeah. insomnia as like it like a side effect of ha- not having those hormonal support. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I went off on a tangent. <laughs> that was really good. But... That I learned something yeah. new. And the thing people have to realize is it's not a zero sum game. No. Like just because you hear eight hours a night's ideal and you currently only sleep five, <laughs> well, if you can sleep six, it's better than five. Like you get benefits from small it's not not a hot or off switch it's like and i always go back to what are you telling yourself after you've done something bad i'm using like air quotes because okay you've eaten a whole pizza oh that's bad well 
okay, yeah. it's one setback maybe mm-hmm. to not reach that physique goal, but what, why did you eat the pizza? If it was for maybe for other reasons, but like, you don't have to like keep thinking you're bad because of that. Or like, I can't sleep yeah. and just dwell on how I cannot sleep. And I'm, I'm like ruining myself by it's, well, then you're just creating more stress because you're worried about all the bad things you've done mm-hmm, where yeah. just because you had pizza and it wasn't something that you had on menu, but it was kind of a last minute, like this will be easier than preparing a meal yeah. tonight. Um, and it's don't under- carry that. Yeah. Like try and not to carry that. After. Giving yourself permission to realize, look, Yes, yeah, say you if you knew if you weren't going to have food for a week, then eating that entire pizza was a good thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So again, it, understanding kind of some of the concepts we talk about, I think when people can grasp that, then you can make better decisions, less emotional decisions, yeah. right? And Be is like, that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Damn, if I if I knew I wasn't having food for a week, I would have that would have been like, my body would have been helping to protect me. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's really all it was doing. It's like a dog, right? If your dog is barking and a bad guy came in and they bit him and scared him away, you'd be like, "Good dog, good dog," right? Mm-hmm. If your dog bites a friend that's Mom coming came over, in and yeah, yeah, you're like, "Bad dog, bad dog." It's like what? You just told me I was. <laughs> yeah, but the reality the is, thing. he was good or bad based on the the outcome or like the, the situation, circum- the circumstance, yeah, the, circumstance, the context, right? So yeah, if you eat all day every day and, and you decide to squeeze an entire pizza in there, um, it's going to be more than you need, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, just evaluate that situation. You probably ate it because you thought it was bad and you wanted to get it all in before because you can never have pizza ever again. Yeah. Um, and then you can go down that rabbit hole of why am I basically emotionally eating this? Why am I pizza? this way? So, <laughs> why am I the way that I am? But, so, um, so yeah, so that's... Okay, here's a big one. Is- well, I wanted, to, sorry, I know mm-hmm. like um, someone did actually ask a question about um, like, will it be easier for me to manage my hunger in menopause? Because um, right now mm-hmm. I'm um, yeah. in, in my 30s and um, I feel like I'm at the mercy of my hormones and like just needing to eat a bunch of food. And it's like, well, you, you are like your hormones, like you said, directly yeah. affect your satiety hormone mm-hmm. and like if you're um, hungry or not. Yeah. So if it's fluctuating during different times of your cycle, I think if you can know that, like it sounds like Shirley knows that. Like, I feel like this is what's happening. Is it true? Yes, that's what's happening. It mm-hmm. is true. So there's some, in, like hopefully some empowerment to like, what can you yeah. control? Like, okay, if I know this is happening, maybe during these weeks, I'll support my body by eating a little bit more. I know that maybe my goals are saying eat less calories, but if you can eat more good food during that week, it could help support it and yeah. not have to have like those blood sugar slide, um, but, spikes or fluctuations. And then if you know, if you know that this is happening and then in menopause, if you can create those healthy habits of my, like picking foods mindfully, knowing why you're eating it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's like habitual later. Like I eat because I'm sad. And then you just always have that habit where I don't know if you're going to have, you're not, I don't think that you're going to have those hormone fluctuations in menopause because they're after menopause and postmenopause, they're just low. Yeah. Um, so you don't have that support of like them changing, but you still have the habit of I'm, I'm sad. I'm going to eat maybe. So if you can identify that earlier on I don't think that I have the problem. The problem is, is what's your habit of how you deal with eating and stress right now mm-hmm. Yeah. before menopause, during menopause, you know? Yeah. And like you said, for one, like having more nutrition to support your hormones, you can have, a, you can increase the nutrition in your diet and actually decrease the calories in your diet, right? Um, by eating. That's something that I learned today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, and in that context, I think that's what a lot of people deal with is, um, oh, maybe this will be the answer, right? When in reality, um, a lot of stuff affects our hormones. And, and like we said, well, so you could feel guilty for maybe, yeah, you're struggling to eat the amount of you need to maybe have the of certain body weight that you're looking to have to be healthy, healthier, right? So when you're just like, man, I'm always hungry. You know, I'm always end up overeating. I always end up. But like we just said, well, we're actually wired that way, you know, so really nothing's wrong with you how you are now. What you actually need to manage is your environment, mm-hmm. um, your thoughts yeah. and stress levels and those things, yeah. because you're probably overeating because if um, there's a jar of M&Ms at your desk and you go home and there's a pantry full of snack bars and stuff, mm-hmm. they're there, you're going to eat them. You're looking at it then as oh, this is my uncontrollable appetite, you know, so maybe when my hormones change, this will go away. It's not, right? Like, you know why? Because all those bars are still going to be in your pantry. All those M&Ms are still going to be in arms uh, linked away on your desk. And maybe you've taught yourself that hunger is an emergency and I have to That's another really big one. And it's... You haven't taught yourself that. Really, society and your parents have taught you that, right? right? Yeah. Like, um, from when you were a little kid. And that's the other thing. If you have this habit, hunger is an emergency from the time you were eight years old, and you're... The moment it hits, you're going for something. And you're 45 years old now, this can be hard to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, again, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I lost my train of thought already. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Memory loss is another... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> cognitive decline. <laughs> So yeah, whereas like you may get some gradual shifts of your hormones to where, yeah, maybe your appetite goes down, but for the most part, if your environment isn't supporting what you're trying to accomplish anyways now, um, it's not, not much change. is going to change. Yeah. So, um, but which sounds like doomy, like right, doom and gloom, doomy. but the reality is like, no, that's awesome because like you have the control. You have more control than um, you maybe think you do. And like that's, I wonder, like, are we just don't know that we're actually empowered to change these things? I mean, like if you don't think you can do it at home, like mm-hmm. on your own, like get a coach to help hold you accountable and support you and talk you through like these hard times yeah, because, sure. um, you don't like, you're not the only one going through it. Like a lot. Of, and I think that some of these symptoms that people have during menopause, they might not talk about it because they mm-hmm. kind of feel they're going through alone. And you might want to withdraw because maybe there is more depression just because of the lack of hormones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not a lost cause. It's not, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, when I was reading this a few weeks ago, I was like, I told you, I was like, I feel like I went through these two weeks of like, oh my gosh, this is the end of my life. And I don't <laughs> even want to like say that because I know there's lots of women here that have already menopause and got through menopause and they're still being super active. But it was almost kind of like, realizing I don't have best habits in these ways. I need to change them. Oh my gosh, I have to change all these things or just feeling like this pressure of it's up to me to do like, I have to have the control and there's, you know, and it's scary because for a long time, women are just thinking about other people and not themselves. Mm -hmm. So making that mindset switch can be hard and scary and overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and, and thinking like it is a double edged sword of like having the power, you know, to, to change yourself. Like, I can do this, but then the other side of the coin is like, this is all on me. You know, most of it. Like, yeah, you, you're, yeah. you have the power to make all these decisions and make all of this change. And when you realize that the buck stops at mm-hmm. you, like, it can be a lot to take in at once. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, the rest of the world isn't changing me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I can still, you yeah. know. 
So support like through like maybe a women's group that maybe mm-hmm. other women that are going through it too, or have gone coach, through it or a coach. Therapist. Yeah. Yep. Any, like if you have a good support system, like I think that's really important for yeah. like some of those emotional and mental things that could happen yeah. during yeah. this time. That, I mean with anything, but like, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. yeah. Period. Like and there's always someone that can help with anything. And as you learn, I mean, you'll, you'll hear us harp on it, but so much comes down to quality and nutrition in your environment mm-hmm. um, and realize these things used to be built in. This is why yeah. it is the way it is. Like, we, you probably wouldn't have to worry about these things, you know, environment, nutrition, exercise, because 200 years ago and beyond, it was all built in. Like, quali- quality and nutrition was, yeah, this because all we ate was whole foods that we uh, hunt, for, hunted or yeah, gathered, right? Yeah. Um, well, and then to do anything, there was no cars. You had to walk everywhere. You had to chase stuff. You had to pick up stuff. You had to carry stuff. Um, there was no 7-Elevens, right? So, so feeling like... We're just trying to recreate what we're designed for. Um, and it's, With it's, all of this noise around yeah. us, which right. is so which our, much harder. Our environment has um, progressed a lot, but our bodies have not cut up oh, to yeah, like, not the way that we've progressed in society. So it's it's really unfair to think like that you should be when... Might, you might, like, you can, but also it's not your fault that yeah. you can't. And it's, and it's hard. it's, it's really around hard. us, yeah. yeah. But you're working against... A lot. Mm-hmm. So. And it takes effort. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, and there are the people that may find it a little easier, but for most people, it's not easy, man, to change your well, environment when you've been raised a certain way and you maybe you feel pressure to be a certain way. Like, dude, that's hard. Because we live in a world where, and yeah. even after COVID or during COVID, like, you're forced to stay at home and do less and be everything at home. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, gosh, I don't really want our environment to shift that way because I like being out. Um, and needing to do more work, but mm-hmm. it, it's really easy to fall into, well, I don't have to do anything because I can just push this button and somebody can order my groceries, which is a great thing because you don't have maybe enough time. But if you're okay making those decisions, like I need help in this way, instead of like, I have to do the grocery shopping. I have to take care of the kids. I have to put the kids to bed. I have to do all the cooking. I have to do all these things where our life is great that we've improved to have things to help us. But if we're not able to admit or be okay with letting go of some things that we can't control or need some help in, like it's going to be hard. So I think managing expectations too is really helpful. And a big piece of this. So as we well know, menopause is part of aging. It comes with as we age. Well, a lot of what we experience isn't maybe specifically because of menopause it's also part of of aging aging. right and understanding that aging is part of life Um, and on a very simple terms what is aging aging is basically um, our cells deteriorating as we age you know and then they don't regenerate as well Um, the this is the beautiful thing of your lifestyle is you can kind of slow down or in, and improve like your cells regeneration and the rate of um, deterioration. So that's where, um, you know, nutrition, exercise, sleep, all these things are going to help improve the symptoms of aging. Yeah. Um, and also realizing that, like we said, it's not like white and black or a line in the sand, like, oh, I hit menopause and I'm going to experience all these things because of this. Um, it's also understanding that our bodies are super complex, everything going around in them. And also, um, our mindset has a huge effect. Mm -hmm. So like Kristen was saying, you know, how we want to approach it, um, which things that affect our mindset are also people that we spend time with, um, 
and kind of our environments and, mm-hmm. and experiences, right? So if you're around negative Nancy's all the time and that enters your mindset and you're like, this, I'm that a victim, you. this is stuff that's happened to me, there's nothing I can do, you, you could literally cause like worse symptoms because of a negative mindset. And just think of the path that you're, like what you're telling yourself and your brain is like, okay, okay, this is how you think now. It can be reversed. Mm -hmm. You just have to start being nice to yourself and loving yourself and wanting to do some hard work. And hard work always results in feeling better about yourself Mm -hmm. um, because then you can be proud of yourself that you've done this. So. And one thing, Kristen, you had talked about before we came on was how just in general, in that phase of a woman's life, um, it's super stressful anyways, because there's a lot of other changes going on, like your kids could be leaving. So I guess that's like, you're like an empty nester. Mm -hmm. Um, Relationships could be changing. Your husband's also going through changes, right? Yep. He's buying probably like, you know, getting his third BMW, (laughs) and he's losing his hair. And, um, you know, so you're like, who is this guy? Like, what is, uh, like, do I even like this guy anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, There... Your parents could be aging, you know, getting up in their 80s and 90s, you know, and that's stressful to deal with. Um, You're, you've had, if you're working, you've been working that job probably for a while and you could be burning out from it. Um, So you roll all these typically are happening in your 50s, you know, and Mm -hmm. 60s. Oh yeah. And menopause. So it's a lot. (laughs) You don't have your hormonal support anymore that made you feel good or like yourself for your entire, Mm -hmm. like most of your life. And sometimes I just really feel like, gosh, like I love being a woman, but it also seems like shitty. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's when you got thrown some Shania Twain. Yeah. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Dude, I hear those songs and I'm a man. I'm I'm pumped And I'm just like, I feel Real empowered. Yeah. You know what so That's so great. Man, like, why can't we feel, feel empowered? I feel like a woman. That's one of my favorite songs. I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> hey, I remember when I was little. Because I guess when that song was out, I was probably like 10, 11, yeah, 12. Yeah, we, we were. We were and remember that song, <laughs> Whose bed have your boots been under? Mm-hmm. And I remember asking I my mom that. in the car. I was like, that why mean? would your, what does that mean? Why would your, <laughs> why would your boots be under someone's bed? I, I can't even remember the answer she told me, but you know now, and obviously I know why. Um, but yeah, man, just throw on some Shania Twain. It's true. We should be proud of our bodies and what they can do. I mean, just think of your whole life before this. Like um, your menstrual like you're you're creating an organ every month, and then if you're not getting pregnant, then you're wasting and having to do it again. So like, just think of how how cool the things that our bodies can do. It can support nutrition for your baby for its first year of life. Um, Caring a baby is also like super amazing too that I can do that. So it's hard because I think that we do pile on the, I'm in charge. I mean, women carry more of like maybe take raising the children Mm -hmm. um, or just even carrying that stress of having to do all these things. So like you said, like the man's going through changes too. It's, It's important to still build a relationship with your partner because um, it's probably changing or it's going to change. And if you need, if you want support and you, you might need support from them. So like just talking about what's going on and, and like what you will need from them is important. Um, and asking for help um, with like maybe elderly parents from siblings or even like an in-home nurse. Like I think that if you're, if you can learn how to say no, mm-hmm. it's probably the most empowering thing that yeah. a woman can do because I don't know why we're 
and I'm, I'm just speaking like for me or kind of like people I've talked to, why do we think we have to show that we're, can do the most work? I mean, I feel like I was, my mom was a homemaker and she did everything for the home and took care of the children. My dad wasn't absent. He just was in the air force. So he was either TDY or like gone a lot. Um, but not always, but worked all day. And I mean, I, my role model was, I do everything and I have to do everything and I don't get support. And like, I don't think that was true. It's just like a burden my mother carried. Was Mm -hmm. that what she was taught? So I feel like sometimes I'm struggling with like, I'm supposed to be doing all these things. I don't even like cleaning the house, but why am I always thinking I got to clean the house? Oh my gosh, I have to clean Mm -hmm. the house. It's not getting done. And like asking for help. Why is that such a bad thing? And it, the way that I ask for help is always like after like, I can't, ha- I can't handle one more it's thing. It's boiled over. Someone touched me the wrong, like not the wrong way. Like Eden comes behind me <laughs> or like Ben wants to, <laughs> sometimes, or Ben wants to come up and hug me. And I'm just like, no, no one helps me. I'm trying not to yell. Yeah, no kidding. one helps me. I don't get any you. help. And then it's just like, and then I think Eden and Ben go have their private meeting. Okay, mom's I'm freaking out again. <laughs> and it's just like, and then I'm like, always have to apologize, but you know, so recent, a recent conversation was, you have to tell me before you get to that point. So now my job is to identify before I get to that point, which is hard <laughs> sometimes. Mm. I'm going to have a meltdown soon. I, think I feel like I've said that aloud. I'm losing it, everybody. I'm losing it. I got to walk out of the room. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fun. I um, think it boils down to two. And again, this sounds easier than it is, but like we talked about it. I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before, but like, don't overfill your bucket. You literally can only take on so much and you have to think about like, you know, your responsibilities of taking care of a child, you have a relationship, you have a, you know, things that need to get done around the house and a job and all of these things. And like one person can only do so many and, you know, thinking that you have to do more than you can handle. Now I'm sure like some things need to get done. That's life. But there are ways to like make it easier, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know some people, um, you know, take on too much because they like the feeling of, Pressure. Doing a lot and pressure and working hard and they're proud of it. And that still overfills your bucket, even if maybe you do feel a certain pride in it. So understanding that like asking for help is important. You know, we are like a community, you know, community based organism Mm -hmm. and help is like baked into us. Like we need to ask for that. So where is like the asking for help is a bad thing coming from? Is it society? Like, I mean, I, I know we talked about before the podcast, like, when menopause happens in our fifties, well, 20 years ago, um, we were like the old wise woman of the tribe and yeah. you're allowed to slow down. Well, now it's like, you're are, still you, a are you allowed baby. to, because yeah. you're still working and you want to, and that's not a bad thing. So how can you still support kind of your lifestyle? So like we've talked, we talked about healthy, healthy sleep hygiene, healthy nutrition, um, exercise, being active, managing stress, mm-hmm. like these will all help it and help you like continue to do things you want to do until your seventies and eighties um, or seventies. So if you wanted to work that long, you know? Yeah. So setting a good foundation, you know, if you have the ability to, when you're younger, or even if you're, you know, yeah. going you through can, menopause or you're already past it, like you can still, you know, put yourself a foot forward mm-hmm. um, and, and, and improve your situation. And probably learning to say no, is probably a big That's thing. That's such a big like one. you had, saying no to things like making what's a priority, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think even more so we're taught you have to take on everything when in reality it's like, it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't have so much on your plate. And which saying like, it's like, I think working a muscle, the more you say no, the easier it gets for you to yeah. be able to say no. And I think people 
realize like your boundaries too when you because if you never say no well people are going to think that like you can handle it and then the expectation is different for you and then like exactly is it is it misguided maybe because you've been always been like yes 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 and and then the first time you say no they're like oh my gosh you never say no like what's wrong and no isn't a bad word no is legit no matter what your kid says yeah it's not bad and they need to hear it because how are they gonna learn how to say no when they get older and set boundaries my mom told me she used to say no like if I wanted something, she would say no sometimes, like just because I needed to hear the word no. Like not that she didn't maybe and want me to have what? something, but like I needed to hear it. So she would just be like, no. Nah. That's awesome because I only want to say no when I have the energy to actually fall through. Because most of the time I'm just like, I don't actually care. And I don't even mean that. It's just like, do you, can I, I don't even know like the situation, but it's just like, I think that it's important for me to say no because sometimes it like when that last straw is just like, I didn't say no enough. And mm-hmm. it's like, if I could say it more, like that's really good advice. Like just practicing no would be probably a lot better for everybody yeah. and better learning boundaries. how to set boundaries. Yeah. Mm. No. Menopause. No. <laughs> no. Did we get off track? Hey, I'm not going to do it. Next time, Kristen, <laughs> uh, you want to come on and do this podcast? No. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. You know what? Saying... That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right with that. Touche. Yeah. So... To kind of recap a little, so ultimately, menopause, yes, it is a shift in your hormones that's coming, that happens, it's real. It's a little different um, for everybody. But we can control our mindset, our lifestyle, our environment that also controls some of our hormones in a way. Um, and the biggest kind of six strategies, which are going to be probably underwhelming because there's they're not some secret quick fix. They're all stuff that we always harp on, but... Hopefully that comes through and that these, I mean, these things are lifelong strategies that yep. can help you with, with everything. And most of us are overwhelmed, overstressed, overworked, and trying to balance and counteract that is what's going to make the biggest impact. Um, so prior, prioritizing quality nutrition, you know, majority whole food diet, focusing on lean proteins, controlling your total food intake, calorie intake. Uh, are going to be very important, very helpful. Approaching one we didn't talk, maybe we sh- should dig in a little on. Is uh, it the hot it, flashes? No, well, so oh, hot, I was, I was yeah. like, that was so, one that was like a big symptom. I feel like a lot of people talk two about th- two things. So, th- this habit, which is the number two strategy, um, is how you approach your alcohol intake. Mm. All right, so um, because buckle up. Alcohol, sensitive subject. So talking about oh, th- you know things that we do as we age, right? So um, one is drinking alcohol, you know, and as we get in our middle age, it becomes an even more common habit, right? And the thing with alcohol is that it's um, ultimately a toxin and poison to our bodies, right? There's literally nothing, nothing nutritious, help, helpful it. happening besides fun, fun. So which is um, okay. Okay, you need fun. You need fun. every once in a while. And the big thing is, as we age, our livers become less efficient at processing it, right? So you're going to notice more bad things, right? And a lot of people don't connect it to alcohol, uh, but also alcohol causes inflammation. It actually puts us at a higher risk for breast cancer and other diseases. So it's a, it's a huge factor for people. And mo- you know, so in moderate drinking is pretty easy to find yourself doing, mm-hmm. right? I think for most people... What do you think the common amount of alcohol a day or a week is? So this is the trouble, right, with something like 
So I think moderate drinking would be considered like five to eight a week drinks okay. a week. But that's also, you know, one ounce of distilled uh, liquor is one drink. Five ounces of wine is one drink, right? So it's easy to be like, I only have one glass of wine a night, right? But what if one glass, you, yeah, you pour a whole glass. It's How actually, big was that glass? It's actually 10 ounces, right? Yep. So it's actually two drinks. So now it's seven nights a week. That's 14 drinks a week. That's heavy drinking. Um, that's going to have a, a massively negative effect on your body or something that you're going to have to counter somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's going to affect our hormones and stuff. So again, like we talked about, a lot of the symptoms of, you know, air quote, menopause. Remember, menopause is happening while we're, you know, aging. Mm-hmm. Well, also, which we're slowly consuming alcohol over the years as we age and our... Um, digestive systems getting worse and our liver, the way we process it, there's going to be lots of negative haywire hormonal stuff going on. Um, so addressing your alcohol intake is a huge factor in all of this. Um, and it's one that people want to avoid, right? Because no one wants to hear it. Man. It's fun and we cherish it. it it's like, feel good. This can't like it's a very, usually time. a very social thing too, right, which right. is makes it hard. hard to get away. So, I mean, you had a good point. Like and we kind of talked about it before the podcast. Y'all should have been here before the podcast. I know. We, yeah. we always say this. We should record our conversations before um, but the like podcast. Measuring, like, okay, if you don't want to live without it, that's fine. I mean, that's, I mean, this is your lifestyle and you should do what makes you feel good and, and maybe how to manage some of this stuff. But, you know, eat a lot of good food. That's, I mean, that's my take. And I know that yeah. we all have different moods. But, like, measure the amount of alcohol. Why not pour it into a measuring cup? Like you said, your one client mm-hmm. did to stay on track. Because... I wonder if the amount actually matters. Like, do you need more? Is it really like you want to hold yeah, the glass? You want to have the of, habit. Yeah. If you have less of it, maybe you'll even sip it slower. You know, if there's, yeah. I don't know, because you are maybe going to enjoy it for actually yeah. what it is. I want to relax right now. Um, Cause they're so learning the, how to fit it in, in that way, instead of like using it as your only way to de-stress after a, yeah. a, a stressful day. And like, mm-hmm. I have to relax by having like, three glasses of wine before you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Which then is negatively affecting your sleep. So the only way you fall asleep is by el- drinking alcohol, which could keep you up at night, which yeah. could cause more hot flashes. And diminish the, the quality of sleep. Right. So, I mean, so right there, like, which our society doesn't support this, it's actually better and more efficient to drink alcohol during the day. Day drink. So oh, I love day. I knew, yeah. I knew yeah. I was right. <laughs> ideally, you'd want to at least have four hours between your last sip and bedtime. Otherwise, it's going to be negatively affecting your sleep. The problem is people think it helps them sleep because it makes you feel drowsy and well, sleepy. But the problem is you you cannot reach a deep sleep. Nah. Even if you're like knocked out, you're not sleeping well. So then you factor in daily alcohol intake at night and you are literally limiting the amount of quality sleep you can have and then you do that for 10 years and then probably jacking yourself up with a ton of caffeine in the morning too like because you didn't get good sleep and another like limiting the amount of caffeine during this time is also important because of just like i think a lot of like like the alcohol and like the caffeine has to do with maybe more symptoms of hot Mm -hmm. flashes we can talk about that Mm -hmm. vasomotor um deficient or like Yep. It doesn't work as well as it did before menopause. Oh, so yeah. And that's actually caffeine. a recommendation with the hot flashes and stuff. It's actually to take out caffeine and see if it makes a difference. Because caffeine mm-hmm. kind of raises your blood pressure anyway. So what well, and it makes it hotter. Yeah. 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 And it causes cortisol. Yeah, cortisol. And stuff. So which other things that could make you yeah. be more warm, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And we'll, while we're here, just go into yeah, temperature regulation, a.k.a. hot flashes. Um, 
They don't really know. Like, yeah. I, they don't, they can't, I guess they're saying, like, they don't know if it is actual it's, hormone imbalance. They can't pinpoint it, but yeah. it is happening. They think but it happens sh- enough. It yeah. happens enough, and it could go away, or you could have it for many years. But I wonder, like, if you're having it post-menopause, is it diet-related then? Mm-hmm. Are you not able, like, is it too much caffeine intake? Is it too much alcohol? Yeah. Is it not, not enough water? Not enough water. And like you said, with the alcohol and the caffeine, so... Um, the, our body temperature is affected by um, our blood vessels, you know, getting tighter mm-hmm. and opening, which both caffeine and alcohol drastically affect. Do they dilate that. it more, those um, the blood vessels? Yeah. Mm. So, well, alcohol is, well, caffeine will, does caffeine, caffeine constrict? Constricts, yeah. Um, I don't think, I think alcohol is actually a vasoconstrictor. Let me, let me check. Who does one or the other? My sources. But it sounds like like but the either way, it's, it's and like the hot flashes are going to happen maybe anyways, or you could have some degree of it. Um, so if you can have some it, so healthy hygiene around check those. this out. At intoxicating levels, alcohol is a vasodilator. So that makes sense because whenever I drink Intoxic- wine, I get like a pump. But my, my veins get all When cold. you go to so like blackout drunk, oh. it's a vasoconstrictor. The more, like, when you yeah. get past that just, in, you know, buzzed or intoxicated level and you keep drinking, yeah. it constricts. So what was the first one? What made it dilate? Just, just a like, little bit? Like yeah, just norm- being a normal So like a five yeah. milliliter just glass of Just probably drinking some, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but really, these the point is, like, caffeine and alcohol affect these. And then if going through menopause also... It's going to happen. In hot flashes, it's just more... Intense. ...input of outside more things. more variables. More variables. So... Again, and this comes down to trade-offs. Well, if you're like getting crushed by hot flashes, it's worth cutting out those things for two weeks to four weeks. And hey, does it does it improve? Right? Mm-hmm. Which we'll get into at the end. And then you and journal this stuff, right? And then if it does improve and your hot flashes are better, but now all of a sudden you have to cut out something you love, like caffeine or alcohol. Well, then you're weighing pros and cons and trade-offs, yeah. right? And so, it might be worth it to have a little bit for you, right? Right. Which is right. Or to, okay yeah. to, to um, and that's. And I wonder if that is just like the mindset and control. Like if you have control and you can say mindfully, I want to drink this amount of alcohol for this reason, instead of it just being the habit of coming in the door after a long day and opening up the bottle mm-hmm. and just pouring yourself a glass of wine and sitting on the couch and then like, I guess I got to cook dinner. I'll just eat yeah. something else instead that's easier because now you're probably late, like feeling more tired because of the alcohol and mm-hmm. Every yeah. time I drink, I want to eat different things. I don't want to eat my yeah. no, on-menu that's, foods and because that's like it's not the, as fun. That's another thing that goes along with alcohol yeah. is the, the different foods and we're more likely to snack. Oh, and I know. I can drive past, well, I do drive past, say, McDonald's a million times Dude, a year. Not after clubbing. Every though. single <laughs> time I go home. If I'm right drinking there. some, it's like... Taco Bell? Yeah, let's Dude, hit up Taco Bell. Only let's time, get a McFlurry. The let's only <laughs> time we've gone to the McDonald's around the corner from our house is when we had a night where we drank a lot. Yeah. And Whitney was like, I want chicken nuggets. Because it's like, That's I, the I, only one time. I feel like I'm like, I don't want to be sick tomorrow. So my response is, <laughs> Eat fatty foods and soak up alcohol yeah. so you don't have a hangover. And that's like a you know some a learned behavior that mm-hmm. you know when we were all younger, like that, that's what you do, you know, and it does yeah. help. And yeah. and it's not soaking up the alcohol; no. it's just making the alcohol be less concentrated. Uh, yeah. Um, which yeah. I guess in a way you could say it's yeah. It's, I, it's, I uh, know that it's a fix, but yeah. I didn't. It doesn't help after twenty five. I feel like after yeah. twenty five, like then you just are gonna You still be like feel crappy over. from the alcohol yeah. and then you feel crappy from the food you ate. Like uh. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, so the hot flashes are kind of unknown, and honestly, yeah, probably having less uh, factors, inputs, um, is going to help give you manage it better. So um, there are, like, besides, like, we were talking a lot, of, a lot of holistic and natural ways to support this, but there is, like, hormone replacement therapy, HR, yeah. which seems to be the only thing that could. I mean, I get, it depends on how your body handles synthetic um, hormones. Um, I think it does better earlier. So before 60, like, could help support this. And especially if you've hit menopause before 40, where your body is still looking for that support of hormones, I think can come into play. And I've heard, like, that's how you can treat hot flashes or maybe even get rid of some of that body fat is if you um, use some hormone replacement therapy. But, I mean, definitely talking about it with your doctor and knowing some side effects because some of the side effects of synthetic um, hormones could also increase your body weight, have yeah. the same effects that you're having. So And give you increased uh, risk of heart disease, yeah. clotting, specific cancers. Mm -hmm. It's similar to, same thing for men, hormone replacement therapy for men. And that, so what happened, so with this, for women, it, it's probably beneficial for like short-term use for extreme symptoms. Uh, the problem with you do right. any hormone replacement therapy for long term, and you see this with young guys who do uh, st testosterone steroids and stuff, is then your body Stop relies on it, it, relies on it for your hormones, and it can't, can't do it on its own, which causes a lot of problems downstream. So yeah, so it's something to definitely, it's great now that they have uh, HRT through, you, through your doctor. So you talk to your doctor, you weigh the pros and cons, and decide that way. Mm -hmm. um, so you see it a lot more with men because as men lose their testosterone and all the neg negatives with that, they'll hop on hormone replacement therapy um, to help fix some of those things. And feel like new human yeah. beings. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I know some people who have, you know, taken testosterone in their 20s for just, you know, muscle reasons, and then they try to come off of it when they're 35, 40, and that everything's haywire because their body stopped having to produce Just testosterone think, on its like, own. That is probably an unnatural hormone um, deficiency yeah. that their oh, body 100%. has to go through. So yeah. then it's just, and I bet it evens out over time, but just think at that time of your life, if you're in your forties, everything is already kind of slowed down. Mm -hmm. And then if you're having an unnatural deficiency or imbalance of your hormones, it's just going to take it time to balance out. Well, then out. think about what comes along with that, like depression, mm -hmm. you yep. know, just like, because like, oh, maybe you're losing muscle, um, you know, you don't feel as good as you did, whatever, like all of those things, almost like menopause, do you know, mm -hmm. to where like your hormones are, are taking a, a huge drop. Like it's kind of mimics that, yeah. um, because that is an extreme case. So if you're able to support your body with the right nutrition and the right amount of calories and, um, healthy lifestyle through some of the things we talked about, mm -hmm. like it's, you can, your body can produce these healthy hormones. And then when it's not produced, um, in your sex organs and produce somewhere else. Like, I think that I say, I think, cause I, I don't know, but I feel like if you are like, your body knows how to produce these hormones in other ways when it's not getting reduced in your sex organs that you'll have an easier time and your body will know what to do. Um, once it levels out or during the fluctuations yeah, and you do that by like healthy diet and resistance training, um, mm -hmm. sleeping, sleeping, and then stress a, management. And a big thing is understanding, having the expectation, mm -hmm. look, we are aging and these things are ultimately going to diminish slowly. And part of it's probably a, a good, a good thing, right? Like I always think for men, right? As you age, it's probably, if, if you're able to do it, kind of gradually and naturally and gracefully, 
Maybe the fact our testosterone goes down a little as we age is a good thing because now you're older and wiser. And maybe if you're around young kids more, you can be more calm and level-headed. And And show them, like, what, like, a a healthy lifestyle looks like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it can be confusing when you're having these imbalances and it's probably hard to show that, but like trying these habits and practicing them every day. And when you have the energy, I think that's important. If you don't have the energy because you didn't good sleep, then maybe you might need to supplement with um, maybe having a shortcut on a meal or something. But if you can make those decisions on your own and not like habitual or like, I don't even know what I'm doing, Yeah. mm -hmm. then... And in reality, what you're trying to do here is not stop these things from happen, but you want to make it more gradual and slower. And right? feel better during it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just to optimize the process because it's happened no matter what, what you want to happen, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So the way I, I always best? like to think about it is like, you don't want to be 60 and feel 80, right? Right. And by taking control and having these habits, hopefully when you're 60, you want to be can, 80 and feel 60. Exactly. And yeah. when you're 60, you can feel 40. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really what we're trying to accomplish. Not, um, you know, you can, uh, extreme example, right, is like tons of plastic surgery and stuff. It's like if you're 40 and you're trying to look 20, it actually ends up n- looking worse, right? Yeah, Whereas if you're, we'll just kind of go gracefully and naturally, um, it's, that's probably the way to go. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. We live in a society where like we like think we should look a certain mm-hmm. way. And we think just because someone looks that way, they're happier. And they could be. You don't. You don't or actually healthier. know. And yeah, just because you are smaller doesn't mean you're healthier. And just because you are bigger doesn't mean you're always unhealthy. Um, you know. And like, what is too big? Only a doctor can tell you what is too big or too small. So if you're feeling good in your body, the things you're doing, keep doing it. When you notice something that is off, trying to identify what you think that is, and then make some healthy habit changes in that way. Yeah. And to wrap up those strategies, so we had nutrition, approach alcohol intake mindfully, uh, commit to regular exercise, practice uh, self-compassion, so like we said, your thoughts, um, prioritize and schedule recovery and sleep, Mm. and take steps to manage your stress. So again, good nutrition, stress reduction, you know, exercise. The things that we really the stuff you always hear and you just kind of shrug your shoulders at because yeah. it's not intent. It's not exciting. It's not a quick fix. You don't see results always immediately, yeah. and or they're you hard don't to change. Want to, or you don't want to see it or hear it. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, if like I know, like we talk about tracking, and tracking is important if you're learning something. So if you're tracking, you've noticed that this, like these foods, don't make you feel mm-hmm. good. Then you would know how to. Um, change that but if you think you're supposed to eat a certain way even no matter at any cost of how you feel then yeah that's not gonna and here's a good way i think we can like wrap it up right so say you're going through menopause i want to like diminish these symptoms right so you're also like how can i get more energy i I feel tired from my workouts and then typically what do people ask well what are some good pre-workout supplements right when the reality is like (laughs) reality is like sleep is your answer so now you focus on my supporting good sleep Mm -hmm. and then through that now you have more energy for your workouts and you also are probably going to help diminish some of your um, menopause symptoms you know it's all like a dynamic it's dynamic and these core things are really what's going to have the biggest impact instead of like short-term band-aids and quick fixes and maybe shifting the priorities of 
I'm going to prioritize sleep over, and not even say nutrition, because I, you know, I, I think that we all have pretty good. And they go hand in hand. Because nutrition yeah, so can it's like, If you did sleep. prioritize sleep more, then you might have the side effects of losing some weight that is yeah. just hung because on you have by less stress. hunger, yeah. pains, and you then you don't overeat as much, mm-hmm. right? So now your nutrition is improved by your sleep. And then at the same time, though, if you're up at night eating a ton of food right before bed. It's going to make you more alert and harder to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So now your nutrition is and hurting caffeine your sleep. in the morning. Yep. And, yeah. then, That's so. and then I need to fall asleep, so I'll drink alcohol at night. And then <laughs> yeah, it's to relax. Yeah. So if you're able to uh, connect all these things, I think that you'll be better off. It's hard to want to do the research on yourself. And yeah. even when identify, if you are drinking too much or having too much caffeine like that, isn't something that you want to know maybe about yourself yeah. because then you know you have to change it. And changing is really hard. Yeah. Mm. Fountain of youth. Like you said, is, like the nutrition, the yep. sleep, the stress management. With some weights. Resist, yeah, yeah, resistance with training. And getting could, outside and getting vitamin D. and yep. Yes, 100%. Yep. Sufficient protein. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was one of our cl- uh, nutrition clients online. You know, a high priority for her is her hair, skin, nails, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. And Animal she, protein, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, when she went, she ate very low protein. And when she went and increased her protein to just 100 grams a day, first thing she noticed was her, her hair and her skin, the improvement. And, yeah, if you know the science of it, I mean, that's ultimately our – that's what those things are made out yep. of, and you need them. And you need a, the complete amount, which animal protein is easier. You can get it from plant protein. You just have to combine certain foods. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people then avoid those foods when the reality is uh, they help us younger. They help us slow down aging. Yeah. And if you break – like 100 grams of protein – could be intimidating to somebody that hasn't eaten that much. So mm-hmm. break it up. Try and get 25 to 30 grams of animal protein yeah. or the protein that you eat, like good solid protein at each meal. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, a handful of protein at each protein, meal. Then like it probably make it, it won't yeah. seem so like I need so to find daunting, a protein yeah. sack. I'll eat a protein bar, which might not be. Yeah, if you're traveling, it's convenient. It helps, but you need to develop better other habits because that's not going to fill you up yeah. man. it's going to make you hungrier yeah. probably later yeah. yeah and then or and reframe it this is one reason we like to have people journal and track so you can learn well in your mind for whatever reason because 100 is a big it's 100, 100 right it's a big number. so oh, that's a lot of protein but the reality it's only 400 grams of protein i mean i'm sorry 400 four, calories <laughs> 400 calories Wait. um it's only 400 calories of protein but so even then you might be like well that kind of sounds like a lot, but then all of a sudden, say when you go journal and you realize that two handfuls of M and M's is like 400 calories, and you realize, oh, I just ate that in seven seconds, seconds. <laughs> and I'm complaining about eating 400 calories of protein. It may take longer, but it's not a ton of food, no, um, calorie wise. So, yeah, you just got to learn. You got like you got to journal. Experiment, you have to yeah. experiment. You have to be a detective. You have to work at this stuff. If you just mm-hmm. kind of go. With the flow, you're always going to gravitate to what's easy and convenient and yeah. comfortable. Because your brain wants to do yeah, it. Yeah, it wants to. What's easy and convenient. Because your brain always wants easy. Your brain knows what yeah. it wants. Well, because here's the thing. It comes back down <laughs> your to... Your mind might have a different idea. <laughs> yeah. Our body wants to conserve calories. It doesn't know it, we're always going to have them. So why expend it when we don't need to? Mm-hmm. Um, and why stop consuming it when when we don't have to when it's there so we're literally working both ways against what our body wants to do our body wants to not move much and eat as much as is available to us and i really hope that just like this conversation we had about food and how it can react like and like 400 calories m&ms and 400 calories of um protein like i hope it like empowers people to like want to look at that when they are tracking because i think a lot of it is just not 
having the education behind like what healthy yeah. food is and being healthful because when you go to the grocery store, there's a billion aisles of packaged food that say that With it's marketing, healthy. marketing, yeah. yeah. Well, um, like the spe- there's like special K cereal. High, high protein cereal. And it's got like two grams of protein yeah, it's per like, serving. Yeah. And it's, so in reality, it's not. But it's, then like what else is in it that is yeah. going to mess with how you feel hunger wise? Mm-hmm. A lot of artificial ingredients, which yeah, they make, it that make you good. hungrier. Yeah. It makes it taste good and easier to eat. Mm-hmm. This is way easier to eat than eating chicken or even eating mm-hmm. oatmeal, which would be a better option than yeah. the special K. Yep. Yeah. All right. So control your environment. Control your thoughts. Go to sleep. Be okay with aging. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. You don't be afraid. Yeah, it it's has beautiful. To. It's a mm. beautiful thing. And women, then maybe and we, men... we'll have to do one with like men and testosterone because right now it feels like we got it real easy. I saw it does. Uh, it like does a picture of um, it had a, a men, a man, kind of like a a board, like kind of like what's in front of you, Will. So mm-hmm. this is like women's. <laughs> And like then the on off, oh yeah, so and ours is a light switch, like on yeah. and off switch, and it's just like yeah. you're right, like it, it, it is different. But then you guys do experience it, and it, it was interesting that you touched on like when men are trying to build muscle and they s- support it by taking hormone replacement therapy to help get mm-hmm. bigger, and then when they come off it because they, maybe they're seeing side effects or don't want to yeah. do it anymore, then they have to go through this. Which might not like I don't know how many natural um, fluctuations men go through besides puberty. Yeah. I think it's puberty, and then Just for the most part, age. it should be a, a decline as we age. Yeah, slowly, you hit like maybe 30s or late 20s, and it just slowly But declines. by your habits, you can make that decline way slower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereas, yeah, you could have a 50-year-old guy whose testosterone levels are just shot, you, and you could have a 50-year-old guy where his testosterone is still like a lot of 35-year-olds. Or your olds. habits could increase the them decreasing like sooner, right? Mm-hmm. Like less testosterone, so if yeah. you're not eating enough protein, probably isn't supporting that sex hormone, so then just yep. not producing as well and less of it earlier yep. than maybe you want we keep talking about it because it's so, so interesting and to, I yeah. love it. We could go two hours. But don't forget number seven strategy. What's that? More Shania Twain. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it. We got some other stuff coming up, right? Yeah, something. We got podcasts on your thoughts. Thoughts? Digging in with that. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Amanda. So we've got a therapist coming on. Basically, we just get people that are smarter and better than us. I think that's to make us look good. Yeah, that's fine. Like Kristen. Yep. Well, thank you for mm. letting oh, me we feel got like Joe. I was the expert. <laughs> Joe coming on next week. That's going to be a fun one. Man, we can we can talk to him about manopause. Yeah, that cuz he's I mean, how old is he? He's got to be like he's in his 50s, right? I I think so. 40s. Oh, I don't 40s, speak 50s, late 40s, 50s, maybe. 53, 52. As long as he's not like 32, we'll be okay Yeah, something like yeah. that. So, wanna, we can talk about hair loss. Much. <laughs> you guys can do that. Me and Joe. I'm still doing all like okay. For now, yeah, it keeps going back. I think that's from your mom, right? That um, they say it's like, from like your mom's side of the family, but I think it's just from yeah, you're somewhere along your family line, just like the, the men in your family. Be. My brother, though, he has he like have... way less hair than I do. Tell him he's just got to buzz it. I keep telling him. So when I try to relate to some of this stuff, I think about how you because know, stuff happens to you. And I, when I started losing my, and my hair, like if I really want to have it, I it's not like it's all gone. It's just thinning a little in the front, and even mm-hmm. just any amount that I know isn't what it was bothered me. Mm-hmm. But I went through like almost, I would say like at least like eight months of almost, I, I don't want to use the word depression because it wasn't that. You're just sad, right? Sure. And you just oh, like, you know, just feelings like that, which I know that's what happens a lot probably well, with men and women as you start, these changes are happening that you can't help. Mm-hmm. But then you know what the biggest thing was, was just shaving it all the way. Yeah. Because then that's, it's like I'm taking action and control. I'm in control. And it's like, oh, you decided to do that, right? And then um, 
then all of a sudden your outlook and your attitude is completely different versus if I still had it and it was like slowly receding and I had to look at it, it, it like you feel out of control. Yeah. I would be like, Nothing it's just a different, mind, it. yeah. it's a different yeah. mindset. Um, so which is cool because it filters back to all this other stuff. Like really just take massive action on what you can control mm-hmm. and you'll be amazed at how that shifts your mindset. Um, you know, look up the rock and Jason Statham be like these guys. They'll pull. They'll pull bald. me through. Killing. I don't know if they'll help you with menopause, but if you're balding, they'll they'll make you feel <laughs> better you about back. yourself. So yeah, tell your brother, man. Just take the Clippers. I think I try. Just buzz it on. Maybe he likes. And he has the, the beard. Look, huh? he, he has a beard. He's got a good beard. The beard is super helpful. Oh god. Because yeah. if you just go clean face, clean head, there's certain looks, especially as a white guy. In 2021? You, you, you know, you, you start getting the, the skinhead look mm-hmm. or the Moby look. You don't yeah. want either of those. Nah. What's a Moby look? You know, like Moby? The, uh, the, the singer. The oh, music. okay. It, it's, Meh. you know. What's he look like? Not The Rock. He doesn't yeah. look like The Rock. So The Rock has bald, is bald? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Moby is bald. semi-bald? Oh. No, he's bald. I mean, he shaves his head. They're just know. two different looking guys. It's just two looks, oh, right? Like okay. Moby's kind of like... Doesn't lift. Yeah, like he does. He just looks very frail. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's just two different looks. But even when you have the beard, it, it kind of helps uh, balance balance out. it yeah, out. The, so, it roughs, it roughs you up a little yeah. bit. Like look at like Michael Jordan, right? He was kind of the first of just like he just started shaving his head and has became like almost people who aren't even bald shave their head, right? Maybe yeah. to look like Mike. Um, who doesn't look like Mike? So I don't look like Mike. I'll never look like Mike. Nah. You know what? If you get a cigar, you might. I don't think that's going to do it. In about $500 million? Yeah, that's... No, I mean, he's probably a billionaire. Nah, he's, dude, they're worth billions. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. The Rock and Jason Statham. Maybe if you have a couple Money. mil. <laughs> yeah, like... Your bald head. That's what makes your bald better, head look better. Okay, <laughs> found a few. It's a better bald yeah. head. Just have more money to well, make you men, happy. Well, for men, yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, yeah. Um... Mm. All right. All right, let's get out of here. That's a whole other episode. We need to, we need to I feel like we did two podcasts today. Shut her uh, down. We did. We can do the, All right. the bald episode soon. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.